All right. Well, welcome everybody to episode 38 of the Blow Off Valve podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker. Uh, no F1 this week. We're back next week uh, with some F1. But uh, we thought we'd touch on um, some interesting, there's some news, there's some interesting stuff we want to talk about. But probably the highlight of the week was uh, Tucker embracing his inner country boy. uh so you got a new acquisition to the garage what'd you get (laughs) yeah so we uh you know my wife and i'd been talking about it for a little while or basically me talking about it and Mm -hmm. um you know it's just yeah i don't see her being like hey we should uh do this (laughs) yeah yeah you know the crazy thing i don't think i would have done it had there had we not had this like crazy car market because um yeah where you can make all your money back on any used car you happen to have i mean (laughs) yeah we we bought you know the the uh wagon all track Mm -hmm. um you know kind of as as we'd gone to two electric cars you know we two internal combustion engine in case something didn't work out for whatever reason you know and um just like a third car to kind of like haul dogs and just you know, stuff that I do not want in a, in our other nice cars, you know, uh, right. we do a lot of landscaping and stuff around the property. And so it's just kind of a, takes a beating. And so, right. um, but we bought that thing back in the pandemic, kind of when it was getting off the ground and mm-hmm. everybody's freaking out. And um, it was at kind of the end of life for the all track in the U S. So these dealerships had amassed a whole bunch of, oh, I remember you got an insane deal on it. Yes. Yes. And, um, just bizarrely is worth an, a very surprising amount of money. Now. <laughs> yeah. And we were looking right. at this, like, we've never seen anything like this. Um, right. I think, you know, I think we bought the car for like, you know, in essence, $20,000. And mm-hmm. as a third car, we don't drive it much, but we use a little bit. And so I think we mm-hmm. owned it for uh, about two years or so maybe Mm -hmm. and um put 2,500 miles on it i mean (laughs) like nothing and so driving around in a small town you're not using it for road trips yeah yeah Yeah. it was yeah exactly you know and then so it was basically worth like 30 grand Mm -hmm. and um we're like oh my gosh that's insane i've never seen anything like that and so then we kind of started reflecting on what we wanted this third car's purpose to be Mm-hmm. And my wife had spent some time, you know, we'd worked on trying to get her to learn the manual and, and she had mm-hmm. actually gotten reasonably decent at it, but mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things that you got to just practice Do consistently daily for like a week or two weeks to really create the muscle memory. And she just hadn't done that. And right. so it wasn't really a car that she was driving. Um, right. And it was a, it is a great car for hauling the dogs, but the dogs hate that car. Because it's a manual. Yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, and so we thought about having purchased the 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I kind of recognized the fact once I had gotten it that this car would at times need servicing, would need transport. Mm-hmm. And I really wasn't thrilled with having to have it towed all the time and taking it places and having to pay 
you know, like if I've got to take it to a specialty shop in Chicago, having to spend a couple grand getting it down there, mm-hmm. uh, because I had been contemplating just based, you know, where we live and what we do out here, getting a trailer. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what, maybe it's time to look at getting a truck mm-hmm. um, just for utility. I mean, you know, yeah, you know, I do a lot of landscaping and stuff yeah. out here. Yeah. And so um, we started looking around, reading kind of looking at reviews and stuff. And obviously it's a tough market. So to some mm-hmm. extent. You're limited by what's available. Kind of. Yeah. And um, so I'd looked online and read reviews on the, the, you know, Toyota Tacoma, the Chevy Colorado. Kind of mid-sized. Ranger. Yeah. Car. Yeah. Because, you know, this thing in my mind, it's a third car, but I'd like it to get used and I need to park mm-hmm. it in ramps yeah uh, where i work and so i can't have like a super duty you know yeah it's taking up a spot and a half yeah i mean you could but then you're the jackass that everybody hates in the parking ramp and it's just really frankly i just find it stressful you know Mm -hmm. trying to get in those spots already with my tycon which is a wide car um Mm -hmm. you're kind of already asking for door dings just because you're using up the whole space right and so I thought I didn't really need a full size truck. Um, I do have a Bobcat, and so I need something that can pull that. Um, mm-hmm. And the the Ford Ranger kind of came into this sweet spot of it's got a seven thousand five hundred pound towing capacity. I can't mm-hmm. remember what the bed capacity is, but it's quite a bit actually. Like it rivals some full size trucks. Yeah, and I thought based on the dimensions i should still be able to probably get this in and out of ramps and stuff uh, Mm -hmm. downtown and so then i started looking around and the the ford dealership in our city had a few on order and some that were incoming and so i got in touch with them just kind of looking like here are some base options that i want it doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be fancy it's just a third car Right. And uh, they had one coming in. And so I said, let me uh, put a deposit on this so I can at least hold it, come be the first to check it out and decide what to do, you know, if we want to move forward on it. Yeah. So uh, just this weekend, we kind of went out there and took it for a test drive and kind of kicked the tires and figured that it'd probably work for us. And Mm -hmm. it was kind of worth checking it out, running the experiment and seeing (laughs) does this make sense to have yeah. with kind of our situation? Because one of the things that's nice about having a Bobcat is uh, it's a really useful tool. And so I've got a lot of family members and friends who are always like, could you bring that over in your stump grinder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, there have been times in the winter where I'm like, man, I would love if you could just bring your Bobcat over and do my driveway. <laughs> snow, remove all the snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we pulled the trigger on it. And I've had it now for a few days. Yeah, um, it's a it's a great looking truck. I mean, I love the. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. Really I, nice I wasn't really blue. going for that look. I just thought I'm kind of ambivalent to the color because mm-hmm. it just needs to work, and so yeah. it ended up being a velocity blue. Yeah, I was in South. Um, I was called velocity blue with with nice yeah. black wheels. Yeah, it's got this like blacked out package on it. Um, mm-hmm. So it it kind of honestly reminds me of my old Audi RS3. Yeah, it's the same kind of paint color and all the. It's not an Audi RS3, but just like the yeah, uh, paint the color. and color scheme of it reminds yeah. me of that. <clears throat> no, I think it it looks it looks really sharp. But uh, what is 
kind of day I had it was a pretty visceral reaction. Just <laughs> like, man, this is really bad. Yeah, I, um, you texted and me I, and were like, I don't know how people buy these. <laughs> and I try not, try not to be a dick here. Yeah. But I just said to my wife the other night, like, man, I have really been spoiled with cars mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. And, and in particular, EV drivetrains. Um, yeah. Because you think like, okay, I'm driving a truck and it should, you know, it's got all this torque and uh, it's able mm-hmm. to tow all this stuff. But, you know, the the relentless power of an EV drivetrain is fundamentally addicting the always Mm -hmm. on instantaneous torque whenever Mm -hmm. you want um and just utter smooth operation and kind of this they're all they're heavy Mm -hmm. you know and so they're very planted they don't jostle much Mm -hmm. um and they're usually very silent yeah so it's like being in a big bank vault yeah Um, and so it kind of offers this serenity, you know, when you're driving where you're just like, I'm just chill. Yeah, know? I think you got it. I think with like, I think there's a reason that you see a lot of pickup truck guys driving with the windows down. And it's like, that's kind of the way I would drive. You know, like I remember yeah. my old like 91 Explorer, like I drove with the windows down. <laughs> Basically, if it wasn't like, below like 40 degrees i had the windows <laughs> that's you know? awesome and yeah, it just you like, know and, it's a different style you know and so one of the one of the reasons i i purchased this um is because i plan to use it for towing mm-hmm. and um that's not something you want to do with an ev right um, unless you've got a big battery pack with quite a bit of energy because a really big ass trailer um tends to result in like a 50% penalty. And so yeah, if you've which, got a range of 200 miles, now mm-hmm. you're down to 100. Yeah. And, you know, if you're trying to do interstate driving, that's a disaster. Oh, yeah. Like it's you're probably not you're even adding doable. hours and hours and hours on top of your... Pretty much. Your trip. And um, some of that stuff, you know, to get, you know, the Bobcat to certain places in the state, you know, that's something I can do with this and just not have you know i don't have to really think about it right yeah exactly just fill your tank up and you're good to go and um now one of the things though that i've kind of like over the past couple days um it is really nice being because you know in the tycon i'm my butts feels like a few inches off super low slung yeah (laughs) you know and so i get that i mean it is really nice being nice and high up Mm -hmm. um it definitely feels like you're in this like you know, castle keep and just looking down on everyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I am impressed with, uh, I kind of hate to say this almost because it's a little bit embarrassing, but I'll, I'll just say it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of impressed with the smoothness of, um, Ford's electronic environment. It's nothing fancy. Oh no. Yeah. I yeah the four is really actually or something like that I forget what it's called but yeah yeah, it works really well or something Mm -hmm. um like I I feel stupid saying this but my Tycon I can't unlock it and lock it through the phone app some of them can like the newer ones can but my first generation can't yeah I can remote start it and stuff but that's kind of glitchy and I've only owned this Mm -hmm. for a couple days so I don't know what Ford's gonna the environment's gonna be like but so far I've been able to like 
turn it on remotely and everything very seamlessly. I've yeah. been like I, I thinking think and scratching my head like, what the hell is Germany's problem? <laughs> like, yeah. why can't they figure this out? Christ. Ford's <laughs> infotainment and UI, I think, has been pretty solid for a long time. I remember remember back when I had that Ford Fusion rental mm-hmm. car forever when my Subaru was getting fixed. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> that That thing actually had a really nice ui i was you know kudos to ford like they've yeah. they definitely put some thought into it yeah i'm really impressed you know and uh people kind of complain about the the interior of the ranger mm-hmm. and um i think it's probably because it's a it's maybe imminently gonna undergo an update like you know you've been talking about there might be releasing a raptor version of oh it. yeah um, yeah kind of a mid I, midlife refresh yeah, and so I think that's probably coming, and maybe that'll get spiffed up a little bit. But frankly, mm-hmm. coming from the all track, I don't really care what the interior is like. It's it's just yeah. a functional vehicle; like it doesn't have to be fancy. And I well, think and it's I just fun. I don't yeah. know them well enough to know like the different trim levels. But you know, at the at the end of the day, if you're buying like, you know, if you're buying a, a midsize pickup truck, you know, you're not going to you're not going to have like you know, the King Ranch edition and all this stuff. Yeah, like exactly. An F yeah, the Lariat. Has on it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, those are like compromises you're going to have to make. I mean, if they're going to sell yeah, you... Yeah, precisely, uh, right? If they're going to sell you a truck for 28 grand, like they're going to save money in some places. 100%. And that's kind of what, you know, when we bought the Alltrack, it had no bells and whistles. It just right. was literally none. And yeah. that's how we wanted it, you know, because... Right it's going to get kind of beat up on, you know, dogs are going in and out of it. It's always kind of perennially a mess. And honestly, that simplicity, it, that's part of the beauty. You and I've talked about this before. I can't remember if we've kind of talked about it on the podcast or not, but having the car that you don't really give a shit, whether it gets, (laughs) whether you track mud into it, you know, if you have kids, whether they're spilling crap in it, like there's a freedom, there's a freedom in that car that like, is you do appreciate you know yeah we uh, uh my wife and i've got a kiddo on the way and so we've got a uh, class coming up where we got to learn how to put you know seats in cars and stuff yeah. like that yeah and she's like which do you think you'll use the Taycan or the truck more <laughs> like, the truck. The and i was like <laughs> that's what i'm thinking in my brain I'm like uh yeah. probably the truck when the projectile about it. <laughs> yeah when the projectile vomit hits from their gastroenteritis like you don't want that in the i can just be like meh whatever i'll probably yeah. just let a dog jump in and clean it up <laughs> <laughs> just call it good at that point oh uh, you and i had um, kind of a, a funny discussion about you know about truck culture which i think is kind of an interesting thing that's fairly unique in america i mean it tr- pickup For trucks sure, are not yeah. you know pickup trucks are are certainly used other places in the world but there's i don't think the culture around them like there is in the us where it's this very kind of cowboy yeah. freedom wide open spaces kind of feeling and cuz you you made the comment that like the performance of it like the handling like it it all kind of was like really crap which yeah it's not kind surprising. of awful yeah but it it led to the discussion of like okay so why do you get a truck like if you're if you're not doing it for work if like you're choosing that as your daily driver and you have an office job you're just going to and from the office like why do you buy a pickup truck and, you know and oh, yeah go yeah. ahead 
No, I, I, I think the, the, the discussion was, was interesting in that it's, it's a different, it's serving a different purpose for you. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's, it's Mm -hmm. not about the vehicle dynamics at that point. It's about kind of projecting a certain. Yeah. Kind of like we all do with all of our cars, even the people that don't give a shit about cars buy appropriately. I don't give a shit about cars, cars. Yeah, they're buying project that. Yeah, they're (laughs) buying. They're the ones buying like Saturn Ions for. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't care. I just buy a car, and you're like, perfect. I know you don't care about cars. Yeah, (laughs) we we. (laughs) I think when we were uh, first in residency, there was somebody in the staff lot who had like a rusted out like Saturn from like the mid '90s, and we're like, okay, like if you're a staff physician making good money. And you're you're driving around a twenty year old Saturn that's like rusting through yeah. the floorboard. You're just making a point about how much you don't give a shit about. Yeah, basically, cars, you know. You know, and it was interesting because when we were out at the the dealership, I um, you know, we brought our e-tron out, um, and so because mm-hmm. the, the Volkswagen had been sold by that point, and so we yeah. drove that out. And interestingly, the guy who was selling us the truck was like. That's an e-tron, isn't it? That's full electric. So he like mm-hmm. knew. And I was really yeah. kind of shocked about that. And, and yeah. And so as we were just chatting about that, a lot of times like, these salesmen don't know anything about cars. Well, and he said he's like actually my daily driver is an Audi. Oh, and nice. Was, okay. Like, oh, that's yeah. Fascinating, you know. And so I think it, you know at the end of the day, it's kind of your the the truck culture is a is is fascinating to me. Um, I'm a guy who. I don't necessarily consider myself a part of truck culture, but I see the value in having a truck with the things I do. And, you know, it's got a good use case for me, but I think for some people it's like, you know, us buying Porsches. It's, it's your peer group. It's your, uh, you know, kind of your cultural gravity. Well, in, in this country. And and we seem to kind of have two different gravity wells. Yeah. And, um, you know, so some of the people who are operating in those circles, that's your currency. Right. You know, if you show up to my business and you're driving a Lamborghini and we do heavy equipment sales, I'm going to look at you very suspect. But if you pull up in a big Sierra GMC, I'm going to be like, that's perfect. This guy, you know, he's yeah. one of us. I just well, think by definition, he's probably part of the team like i'm not going to look at him skeptical um, immediately right it's it's interesting you made that kind of reference i remember reading there was a it was i think it was on the the cars subreddit but they were talking about the person posed the question like for those of you with like nice sports cars or whatever like do you drive your car to work and there were a lot of people that were like oh i never drive my, my nice cars to work like particularly small business owners like successful small business owners yeah. And one of the guys said, you know, you know, I I don't I'm not interested in my employees or my customers like seeing that I yeah. spent a quarter million dollars on a Ferrari. And there 100%. but there was one guy, the reason your your reference was interesting is there was one guy who owned a construction company, very successful construction company, and he said, you know, I I have he had a whole collection of cars. He's like but I drive a 10-year-old beat-up Dodge Ram to work every day. Yeah, because exactly. Because that's, that's my workers, 
like the guys that work for me, like that fits in. And I want to, I want to fit in with my, with my crew, with my coworkers. Um, I don't want them to see me as, as aside from being the boss, I don't want them to see me as like different from them. Exactly. Um, So it does have a cultural currency. It really does. Well, And even, even, you know, like I was, my wife and I were literally talking about this the other night. I just said, you know, I absolutely love my Taycan. It's a really cool car. It's, it's phenomenal. It's Mm -hmm. crazy looking. I love that about it. Mm -hmm. But that thing, when you go out in it, you are at 100, you know, you're at 100%. And uh, sometimes it's just not the right time for that the per- yeah uh, you know well, the you kind of got to know true. your you got to know your audience yeah you got to know your audience and like what you're doing and mm-hmm. and that's what what's i your, love that about cars exactly and i i really do love that in this country about cars that you know they do project so many different things um mm-hmm. and it's so it's nice to have kind of a a utility um and you've got some options to pick from where right Some of it is like when you've got two EVs, use cases, okay, it's January, it's freaking freezing out, I've got to Mm -hmm. take a flight somewhere, and so I drive this thing, this truck or my wagon up to the airport, and I just don't even think about it. I just Mm am done, I park it, and I do my business, get in the truck and drive it back, because I don't want to screw around with charging or anything like that. Right. And then, you know, there's other times where... It's kind of like, okay, we're taking a drive, a dedicated drive out to lunch in a, you know, uh, twisty roads, you mm-hmm. know, river valley area. I'm yeah. going to take the fun car, you know, because right. I don't know any of these people. I'm just going yeah. there to get food. I don't care what they think about my car. I'm going to probably never see them again, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's kind of, it's partly why I don't really, you know, there's like a whole thing with particularly like car YouTubers where they take some ridiculous supercar to like a McDonald's drive through. And yeah. I've never really understood that. Cause it just, you just look like an asshole. You, you're, you're obviously just showing it off because if you have a Lamborghini Aventador SVJ, you almost certainly have like a normal another car, car. <laughs> that you're driving around town to get your groceries. So like, you know, it's one thing if you're like out for a great drive and you want to stop and get some lunch on the way back. I understand that. But like when you're literally using that car just to kind of like flex, you know, on yeah. on people at the freaking McDonald's drive through. I've never really understood that. But and that's something I got to be honest with you. I don't and I don't really consider my car in the same class as like a Lamborghini. Um but I do get looks from people at times where I think they're wondering, like, what the hell is that? You know, mm-hmm. they're just they're just maybe not familiar with cars, but it looks kind of crazy. And so they wonder, yeah. is it something nuts? Yeah, um, right. But when I originally bought it, I don't think I, like, quite recognized that. Mentally, I thought 100% you could daily this. And mm-hmm. there was a poll on the, the Tycon forum, which is probably you know a little bit skewed yeah but i think i was one of only like two people that said that they didn't like consistently daily um yeah their tycoon everybody else daily did and yeah i suppose if you're living in like la yeah it's um, gotta be, or, i was just it's gotta be regional it's gotta be a little bit regional where i live <clears throat> it's kind of a unique car mm-hmm. and so um you know i can't i don't I can't really drive it like an ass hat around town because there's just yeah. not that many of them. It, yeah, um, it, it 
it's the it's it's what we talked about quite a bit when I was talking about why I picked my nine eleven. It's like you realize that you don't really want all this attention. <laughs> yeah, know? you don't always want that attention. It's fun yeah. sometimes, but other times it's, you just it's, it's fun. Like if I go to a car boring. show, I, yeah. If I go to a car show or something, obviously I'm welcoming it. I'm inviting it by bringing the car there. Yeah. But that's like a very specific environment where you're surrounded by other people that appreciate it and and yeah want to talk about it and whatnot. It it's it's not you know you're not pulling up to Home Depot and grabbing you know a can of paint in your. That's you know, where I. That's where I take the know. truck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> take the truck. I to do Home find Depot. it fascinating. That's the appropriate vehicle for Home Depot. <laughs> right. I do find like the one part of truck culture I do find fascinating. because, you know, a lot of people when they modify sports cars, they're doing it to like make the car be better at what it's meant for, right? Like yeah. they want it to be faster. <laughs> they want it to handle better, etc. Truck culture. There's a subculture within truck culture that they actively make it worse worse at the 100%. thing it's supposed to do. And that fascinates me. Like the guys that put these like massive wheels on it with like rubber band, thin tires yeah, and like lift it, lift it, lift it to it. like where it's so tall. You can't even put anything in the bed. And, or, <laughs> or conversely the guys that like slant lower slant. their trucks and, and you're just like, what are we doing here? This car's built to do like a few things and you made it worse at all of them. I all of those <laughs> things, yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, honestly, when I got this, I just was staring at it thinking, this seems really jacked up to me. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'm looking forward to showing it to you so you can kind of... But maybe that's I, just the way they honest, like... I will probably love it. Like having fond memories of my like old Ford Explorer, like I yeah, have a yeah, soft yeah, spot yeah. for mm-hmm. like... For yeah. cars, yeah, you know, I, I should trucks and SUVs. Yeah, I should take a step back and and also say, you know, I grew up on a farm where we had some big ass trucks. Yeah, and so I have grown up with that. So I'm, you know, it's not yeah like in 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 the same thing. You know, I I'm not beating on it or anything. I'm just kind of reflecting on what what's an interesting experience to me at this point having. Yeah, and I see. Um, a lot of benefits to it. I mean, I think the first day I was just kind of stunned with like, oh my God, I haven't driven an internal combustion engine with an automatic transmission in so long. Yeah. I, I was stunned by how awful that how is. Awful the transmission it is literally is awful. And, yeah. and I'll just say that like for the folks who are contemplating EVs, once you make that jump, even if it's like you have this car and you have a, g- a gas car and an EV in your garage, and you take yeah. the EV out, you're just going to like that. It's just a more enjoyable... Um, yeah, I don't know how to explain like what the it's equivalent... It's not jerky, it's not... Exactly, there's yeah. no... Um, okay, I just floored it, and it, and it, we went up a gear, and so now it died. Yeah. Now all of a sudden down. it comes back on, and we're going like a rocket. It's yeah. just precise. It's just yeah, precise. EVs, EVs don't bog down. There's no torque hole that you're waiting for. The it's like getting a really nice power tool that works really well every yeah. time. And you're just like, and, oh, well, why would I and, ever use my other one? The thing, you the know? thing is like an EV, the linearity of it. I'll, it yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it creates. It's addicting. I, it's addicting. Consistently. Yeah. The, like the yeah. linear response is consistent. And so like you always know if you're doing you know 
if you're on the highway and want to pass them when you hit the you know, you have yes. to gas. You don't have to oh, think yeah, about. Oh yeah, and that's the other do thing. Do I need to? You know, um, one of the about. other things I noticed, and these are just my reactions. So yeah. that's was one thing I noticed, and then and then later on that day, I'm used to taking corners pretty quick because even in the e-tron, mm-hmm. I was a dumbass and forgot my uh, checkbook. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I had to come back home and drive back out there, and so I was moving pretty quick because I just yeah. didn't want to take all day. Yeah, And then when I was coming back in the truck, I was taking the same off ramp and I was like, I think I'm going too fast. Here. I got to slow down. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm really high off the ground here. I can yeah. feel this. Like, okay, I do, I that's do have too that fast. Time when I drive like either my, my BMW or the 911, I've been driving that a lot. And then I'll take <laughs> my wife's yeah. Volvo out. And yeah, like, you're like, whoa, reset. I'll hit, yeah, I'll like come up on a stoplight a little quicker than I mean to. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think about this um, a little bit. But then uh, as I've driven it today in the past couple of days, I'm like, I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, I kind of like it as well. You know, it's just a different driving experience. Yeah, it's going to have like a character and like a charm all, you know, of its exactly. own. Like, it's, yeah. it's going to be a different experience. But I just I, like to call it, I call it my little guy truck because I'm not <laughs> driving a jacked up big one i'm just a little guy right (laughs) which honestly when you see it you're just like holy crap that's still really pretty big yeah it's oh yeah a medium-sized truck is still probably bigger than like an old f-150 yeah yeah exactly uh i did want to briefly we're kind of running long time but i did want to briefly touch on um a couple weeks ago now uh the michael schumacher documentary came out on netflix and uh, you finally got a chance to watch it, so I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear what you thought about this. So this is a documentary that was produced um, with kind of the full support of Michael Schumacher's family. Um, they're interviewed, um, kind of bits of, of interviews with his wife, um, his son Mick, and his daughter um, throughout the, the uh, I think his wife's name is Corinne, I forget his daughter's name, but um, anyways, so the backing of the family. Um, trying to show a more kind of well-rounded picture of, of Michael in his early life. Um, actually a surprisingly little amount of time was spent on his really successful years at Ferrari. And a lot, a lot was spent on kind of the frustration and the work he had to do in, in particularly early on at Ferrari to turn that team around. So what did you think about it? Oh, a whole bunch of thoughts. I mean, I really appreciated it. You know, it kind of spanned my, you know, dark years in F1 when I was young. I was into, you know, with much more of kind of a religious fervor. And then mm-hmm. they started getting into like uh, college and stuff. I didn't have the bandwidth and, you know, med school and stuff. So I just kind of dropped it. But yeah. um, <clears throat> so early on, I can kind of remember when he, you know, you know, was in the sport and stuff coming in and things like that. And so it was, it was interesting to kind of relive some of that a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I think they, one of the things that I really liked about it and um, is one of my colleagues, you know, when I, we were talking about it, he's like, ah, oh, guy, you know, great racer, but real prick, real prick. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a hundred percent, I think what, probably you know a lot of people thought yeah um but when you get the backstory of the guy and frankly we've talked about this before really any of these you know guys in f1 
Mm -hmm. uh, you kind of have to have that mentality to reach those kind of heights. Yeah. And I, I think it really said something about his mindset of going to Ferrari after really basically being handed this scenario. Championship where, winning team. Yeah. You could win yeah. forever. If you want to win forever, you yeah. can just keep driving this car yeah. and you'll just keep racking up championships. Yeah. I mean, imagine the equivalent for people that maybe have gotten into F1 more recently would be if Lewis Hamilton decided he wanted to go to Williams, basically yeah. a star driver going to a historically well-regarded team that is not remotely where they should be. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's where Ferrari was in, in the nineties when Schumacher went to them. And, you know, I really appreciated that. I mean, mm -hmm. just from the standpoint of, you know, having, you know, take, you know, done med school and all this stuff, it was not, I joked because I heard somebody tell this joke and I liked it, you know, in mm -hmm. college. Well, why'd you go into med school? Well, I went there because it was the shortest line in undergrad. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kind of right. always enjoyed that because it's literally like kind of an awful training path. It's not right. super fun. No, and it's a so, ton, of, ton of painful work to get. Yeah. To and so I kind of I, I relate to that a little bit and, and, you know, taking kind of the harder path. Yeah, perhaps. But, you know, the outcome you get is worth it. And yeah. so I, I kind of appreciated that. And it really gives you some insight into him and his decision making and mm -hmm. and really kind of what drives him. Like sitting yeah. in a fast car, just winning championships isn't enough to like yeah. ignite his soul. And so he's got to go to this team, turn it around. And the, the gift that he gets out of that is you can be a legend and because it's Ferrari, you're basically a God. Yeah. You, you know, you're never buying yourself another beer in Italy. Yeah. Exactly. I, <laughs> you're basically and, second and, to God in that country. And his, his, um, a lot of it stemmed from his childhood. So his parents yeah, ran yeah. a go-kart track and restaurant and he basically grew up being the underdog. Like they yeah. talk about in the movie, how, or in the documentary, how, you know, he and his brother, would basically get the the used tires that other people had thrown in the trash from their carts and mm -hmm. put them on his cart. And yeah. he'd go out and win on basically it's bald tires. And, and he was really proud of that. You he know? was very proud of of winning with with the the worst car. I think because yeah. the competitive side of him said, I am so good at this. I can beat you I can beat your top machinery, your top equipment. You can spend with all this money and I'm yeah. still going to beat you with your own leftovers. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, his from listening to him, he sounded it sounds like he was an absolute jerk to race against, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but it it really showed <clears throat> one. It kind of highlighted that regardless of how he was on the racetrack, pretty much everyone loved the person he was outside of racing. Yeah. And yeah. he's a very generous, wonderful, you know, good human being. And then also, you know, I thought his sheer certainty that he was right. Yeah. In, in, in what he was doing on the racetrack was really fascinating. So like I did, too, he, yeah. he famously ran into the back of Damon Hill, you know, um, yeah. When exactly. Damon was on track to win the driver's championship and you know, a lot of people thought he did that intentionally to to prevent Damon from winning the driver's title. And 
but in the in the movie, they talked to the the person who was the Ferrari team principal at the time, uh, Ross Braun, and he came back to the when Michael came back to the pits, he was convinced Damon slowed down and wrecked him, and it, yeah. it wasn't until he <clears throat> saw the video playback of the race that he he was, you know, according to Braun, he was dumbfounded when he saw what actually happened, like. Because in his mind, he was like, I did nothing wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I, I thought that was interesting because you, you'd see that play out a couple of times, which is why, you know, when you don't have the backstory of the guy, he certainly could come across as a prick, you yeah. know, out on the track. Seeing some of these maneuvers, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. what the hell were you thinking? I mean, you yeah. literally well, just turned into that guy. Then after you know? that race, he and Damon were brought into a trailer with, uh, with some of the F1 administration to try and kind of clear the air and damon said he he talked to michael and said you know don't you basically after a back and forth he said you know michael don't aren't you ever wrong and michael looked at him dead dead serious and said not that i can recall and and i think that that encapsulates how he how he approached racing and how he drove he had just had supreme confidence in what he was doing and and it made him a champion but you know, it's kind of like if you watch The Last Dance uh, about Michael Jordan, kind of a similar thing. This is a guy who we've talked about it with other great athletes, too. They have to be so certain that what they're doing is the right thing. You know? I think you're right. I think I think you do have to have that mentality, mm-hmm. um, especially at those levels. Yeah. Because if you're you have 100 that, miles an hour, an inch away from your competitor. And if you let that doubt creep in. Mm-hmm. it's you it's know they, they talk about it being you know the yips is kind of a joke mm-hmm. but it's not right like it it can devastate your career and yeah. so you as a human which you're you're you always think about doubt at that mm-hmm. level you almost can't even allow it and so you take yeah. on these kind of crazy you know you know internal protections systems where yeah, to deal it's with like that. i don't remember turning into that guy some yeah. part of me must have turned the car in because it just couldn't, it did not compute. Right. And my yeah. body it, just said, nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's really fascinating psychologically. Crazy. It um, is. I, I will say that for anyone that's want, wanting more insight into, if you don't know, Michael suffered a, a really <clears throat> horrific brain injury following a, a skiing accident um, uh, a, f- a few years after his he retired. And yeah. uh, it's been the family has been extremely, actually, impressively good at at kind of guarding anyone from really knowing how how he is currently. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're looking for any insights into that, or or kind of wanting to kind of rubberneck and uh, about kind of what he's you know been through, this doesn't really answer that. I think you know the family does allude to the fact that more than likely he's not really talking or walking at this point. Yeah. And, and it actually leads to, I think one of the most emotional parts of the film for me, which is they're talking to Mick about his dad and, and Mick's talking about how much they have in common now and how much he would love to be able to talk to his dad about his racing career. And that, you know, he would, I think he says, I would give it all up if I could just talk to my dad about this stuff. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, really shows you, you know, the love the family has for Michael and also kind of 
uh, how tough this has been for them. But all in all, I thought it was a phenomenal documentary about, a, you know, an athlete uh, and a driver that probably a lot of people only knew as, as just this unrelenting force at Ferrari and, and didn't necessarily know his whole backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was a great piece. Glad I they think made that's it. about all we have time for this week. Uh, we'll be back with uh, formula one race next week. Um, and until then, be sure to follow us on uh, the Blofeld podcast on Instagram. Um, be sure to subscribe and, and rate our uh, podcast on iTunes or wherever you get this. And until then, we'll see you next week.